As world leaders of the religious organizations who haven't stepped too far into the abyss of national nihilism, but have stepped into the abyss of national nihilism to the extent of where it doesn't look as obvious, are gathering together for the 400th time in the only place where it's somehow normal for literally everyone to somehow have three Maseratis when they're 13, and those in the high authority of the religious institutions are currently coming together yet again to talk about how they can help the planet and keep it from becoming extremely hot at a rate of 0.03% every 50 to 100 years by driving their Maseratis around and possibly buying more for the occasion when they all gather together next year and discuss how they can keep religious order in the world by forcing pastors to accept political cultism that mostly dresses you up to look like a circus clown while possibly selling their souls and then possibly driving around their Bugattis and going to another meeting about how they can keep the world cooler at a rate of negative 0.00% by possibly turning their air conditioning to zero and maybe buying another Maserati or two while acting like nothing matters. It's claimed by the religious individuals mostly riding in Bugattis and Maseratis, or perhaps something that looks similar to one, as it is stated by the religious news service that those who have joined up with what's known as COP28, or Climate Change Conference, somehow, are looking into the climate crisis and how to solve it through faith and change and possibly manifesting that new Bugatti for their parking garage with the crystal after they listen to another Doja Cat album and, on repeat, and simultaneously, like the cool kids, watch a Travis Scott music video firmly about how to sell your soul to the devil. Spoken by an unknown source, probably because they're busy with their YouTube channel that teaches how to destroy the modern family, and what the Catholic Church should change about the church next, which is basically just everything from the church should be an actual building instead of an underground realm of the evils, or potentially just removing a crucifix from everywhere and getting rid of the idea of prayer, for example, the unknown person who might possibly be an atheist with the World Health Organization at any particular time has seen a large amount of change in the Horn of Africa after they go through the same drought they've always gone through because it's the normal seasonal weather to the amount of flooding in Pakistan that has happened because of the biblical prophecy and, of course, to be highly ignored by the World Health Organization, the completely normal weather on the other part of the spectrum. A new stunning law apparently allowing the government to thoroughly spawn everyone simultaneously similar to biblical prophecy that, of course, the World Health Organization will also thoroughly ignore, has reports of AT&T doing the exact action that they were doing ever since they became a phone company like every other phone company, while at the same time making endless amounts of money and bringing forth biblical prophecy that everyone will ignore more thoroughly than they did originally. A famous Catholic school then responded to the biblical prophecy that has been happening ever since phone companies and communications started functioning by allowing men who reference as women to be allowed as undergraduate students in an all-girls Catholic school in order to comply with the World Health Organization's understanding and decomposition and recharacterization of Catholicism, which of course makes the whole entire thing look like another play composed by the inventors of South Park which is surely not what Martin Luther or Pope John XXII had in mind, but definitely what Pope Francis has in mind as he will continue to come up with new options to reshape the church, possibly with the help of the World Health Organization or COP28, which makes about just as much sense as an atheist living in a world beyond your control. I'm Jonathan Nasser. This is The Rights Perspective Show. <laughs> Thank you.
thank you so much for joining me tonight on the show. As always, make sure to subscribe to my future YouTube channel that just as a quick reminder drops this coming January into the new year. Also make sure to like, share, and rate this show. And I will also be releasing a new show in January, uh, January as well that will come soon. If you do like and share and rate this show, you will get a notification every time I publish new material just like tonight, and <clears throat> perhaps some extra material as well for those who are out there and want to continue theological discussion on the Discord chat. If you like, rate, and share the show, you might also end up having a Freemason come to your door and ask you a couple of secret handshakes. And of course, hopefully you can figure those out with the help of the World Health Organization, perhaps. So, let's get to the show. It's been a long-standing discussion within our current culture in the United States that the millisecond someone decides that they want to wholeheartedly follow the Catholic Church and all of their ideals, that they will completely give their life utterly to the faith and will thus never again leave the church and thus never have an enjoyable life of sexual fulfillment, joy, relationships, or an understanding or perhaps the thought is that you as a non-practicing Catholic man or woman, priest, bishop, or literally anyone other than the Pope himself, will deal with a life wasted and a life not fully lived. Or, in other words, as people tend to say, <clears throat> similar to Larry Page with Burning Man, that you will not experience an environment where people can try out different things. Think as technologists, whatever that's supposed to mean, and have some sort of safe place where you can try out new things and figure out what the effect is on society, what's the effect on people, and without having to deploy that kind of aspect into a normal world, which to most extents kind of makes the whole thing sound more ridiculous than it did before when saying it came from Burning Man. As the standard statistics continue to show that less and less young women are becoming nuns, and practicing the Roman Catholic historical lifestyle, it's at an all-time low as we continue to gain access to more and more stats, such as one stat, for example, that upwards or, in fact, downwards, that some 30% of people are now religiously unaffiliated, which still, while still, of course, wanting to be culturally acknowledging. Or the statistics showing that practicing Catholics are down some six points as of the past half decade, which of course brings us to a whole nother six points within this current one. Now of course this isn't too surprising within our lifestyle as people tend to want to actually act on their sexual deviancies more and more as we get closer and closer to the end and as we get closer and closer to a new unpredictable political climate within current politics today. As the Catholics state, they essentially do not want to go into this sort of lifestyle. Beforehand, they wanted to completely have either sexual abstinence when it comes to priests and nuns and people within the direct church, or they wanted to focus on actual good priorities when it comes to sexual lifestyle and when it comes to a holy traditional calling within the Catholic faith. As far back as 1123, around the time when the, when the church first instated this ideology with the fullness of community and commitment to be done, through the full ignorance of, self, of sexual deprivation and completely ignoring the practice of sexual content altogether, 
Of course, there's a real reason why there's so much battling over the true Catholic way, and the real true structure of the Catholic faith is most obvious. A complete continuous enemy looking to seek out all of the colleges, seek out all of the places of true Catholicism, and seek out every single parish until it is other, utterly destroyed. Now, of course, this has continued to occur, and within this past week, there was a very, very, very unfortunate scenario where a very prominent all-women's college, as is in the monologue, decided that it would be a beyond fabulous idea to have women that are just simply men walk into the college campus and be admitted. A prominent all-women's college and Catholic college in Indiana says it will be accepting biological men who identify as women as part of a new policy that is drawing pushback from the head of the region's Catholic dossier. The president of St. Mary's College in Notre Dame, Indiana, pointed in an, pointed in an email last week to a board-approved non-discrimination policy that considers admission for undergraduate applicants whose sex is female or who consistently live and identify as a woman. Catholic News Agency reported on the controversy. According to its website, St. Mary's, quote, tradition of empowering women with excellent academic programs and spiritual support began with our founding in 1844 by the Sisters of the Holy Cross. Now, you might be exactly wondering, might be particularly wondering, who were the Sisters of the Holy Cross? Now, as it can obviously be instated by just particularly looking up with looking it up within, you know, about 47 seconds. The actual Sisters of the Holy Cross were he are headquartered in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, in an international Catholic congregation of religious sisters who traces its origins to the foundation of the Congregation of Holy Cross in 1837 in Le Mans, France, by the Blessed Father Basil Anthony Martin Montague, CSC. So going all the way back to 1837, this is a particular time, obviously, where homosexuality was not looked at as beneficial, and it was not looked at as beneficial or Catholic. And as a result of particular popes that actually ended up doing very, very horrendous sexual actions, sexual actions that today are look at, looked at as not only beneficial, but completely acceptable and completely in a sense holy by the new standards of the World Health Organization's thought of Catholicism and leftists' thoughts of Catholicism, which of course must mean that Catholicism should not and cannot continue, it does not at all match this phraseology, it does not at all match what it actually means to be part of the Sisters of the Holy Cross. Because Sisters of the Holy Cross, by this ideology in France is a grouping of nuns, a grouping of nuns into an international Catholic congregation of religious sisters. So this specifically means, obviously, that if you are a congregation of religious sisters, you are sisters, sisters in the faith, sisters in Christ, that being said, actually female, which of course is obviously where all this issue is coming from. But particularly, you have to actually 
thus be thus be following what France thinks of Holy Cross sister related affiliation. You have to actually follow what France is idolizing on. You have to actually follow what the country of the made group is actually hint on discussing as theologically capable and theologically acknowledgeable to actually be connected to Catholicism. Obviously here that couldn't be further from the truth. It's legitimately the direct opposite of what every single human being is doing right now in Catholicism. Not only this, but this of course, it's, it's a stepping stone. It's a complete stepping stone to anti-Catholic faith. A full new faith in particular that throws the Catholic Church completely under the bus and tries to actually get rid of anything that screams tradition. When the College Board of Trustees approved an update to the school's policy, as it says in June, and included a shift in our language about who we will consider for admission as well as about how we will support employees across the continuum of gender expression. So this is a very bad thing for many reasons. Of course, one of them being that it, it is St. Mary's College. So out of every place... In all of honesty, a St. Mary's Catholic school might be just about the worst place for this to happen. Because obviously St. Mary is a saint in the Catholic Church due to the fact that Mary obviously gave birth to Jesus, to Jesus, thus being the saintly figure that she is ever since every single century of Catholicism. But of course, why are they starting here? Why are they starting with St. Mary's College? Well, because they want to completely manipulate one of the most holy Catholic saints in Catholicism, literally attacking one of the main foundations of, the, of Catholic faith at its core. For now, they can't touch Jesus, because the millisecond that they touch Jesus, then, of course, it will look like blasphemy to legitimately everyone. But if they can manipulate Mary then they thus manipulate the whole without really having to do much to Christ. Of course, that goes in heeding of other Catholic practices that are different from Protestants. And, and this is another reason particularly, obviously, as we look at these attributes, why it's extremely, extremely important to know spiritual warfare in Protestantism. Because it's even more easier for people to manipulate Protestants than it is for people to manipulate Catholics. And obviously, Protestants, some Protestants don't care who aren't actually following Christianity, and the majority of Catholics are steadily, statistically going down and down and down in the democratic downward spiral. Lisa Knox, a spokesperson for the college, told Catholic News Agency that today's environment, we need to clarify our non-discrimination policy and be more inclusive. Again. That's, of course, the same exact statement that we've continued to hear. A statement that every individual continues to claim. That a non-discrimination policy is exactly what should be acclaimed in all of these Christian college campuses. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is discriminatory about upholding your own Christian tradition 
and what's exactly discriminatory about upholding a Catholic tradition. Well, as it turns out, it's not discriminating, it's just particularly tradition. Try walking into, as, as a result, as a very obvious uh, factor to bring up here, try walking into any type of tribe, any type of nation, any type of anywhere, and try to acclaim that one of the most holy representations that people adore should automatically be trans, should automatically be transgendered. Well, obviously, you would be uprooting not only their faith, but you'd be uprooting their tradition as a whole. The left wants to uproot every tradition as a whole, little by little. Of course, starting with their politics and then moving into their continuous forms of symbolism that hopefully people already ignore before moving into the deconstruction of family, before moving into the deconstruction of the church itself. This is no longer truly the Sisters of the Holy Cross any longer. It's more likely, in actual real Catholic terms, linked more likely to a group known as the Daughters of Satan. This is an actual real thing, that, of course, started within the early 90s into the early 2000s. A complete opposite differentiated group that is essentially the exact opposite of Catholic sisterhood, which is making it satanic sisterhood, which is all that this completely is. Over and over again through the past number of decades, we've continued to see a number of articles be released by bishops and other people within the Catholic Church continuing to attribute the demonic to the homosexual. And obviously we don't see that it's extremely fit to simply sit here and attack homosexuals for their feelings. Of course, we have to discuss them in full quantity and we have to actually have meaningful conversation and meaningful clarification by upholding tradition. But it will do us absolutely no good to simply sit back while people keep continuously giving themselves in to these types of satanic attributes. And it will do us no good for Catholic reality or Christian reality to allow people to simply walk into a new group that leads them more and more into darkness. The only thing we can possibly do is uphold our traditions. And of course, this is not only a declaration of something important, but it's full-on a declaration of war, considering it's at Notre Dame, considering it's at one of the most Catholic schools in the entire United States. Now let's get to our next stories. So in our second story, uh, let's see here, there's a brand new reason to not enjoy having younger people in Hollywood and a brand new reason to know that Hollywood is only corrupting the younger generation more and more every single day. By the word of the Daily Wire, pop star Sabrina Carpenter drew criticism earlier this month with the release of her music video from Feather, quote-unquote. The video, which includes provocative dancing, skipping outfits, and a death-related imagery including fake blood, was filmed inside our Lady of the Mount Carmel Annunciation Catholic Church in Brooklyn. And basically, the bishop had no understanding that, quote-unquote, had no understanding that this music video was going to be filmed this way. 
He apparently read a whole entire script. He read a whole entire everything that was supposed to completely, distinctly promote what they were wanting to promote. It was apparently something that was supposed to be completely good, completely perfect. You know, basically a church hymn that you would sing on Sundays, you know, or potentially on Christmas Eve, I guess. 100% perfect. Except for one problem. Every single thing about it. The fact that it came out of Hollywood, the fact that it was a young lady completely twisted by Hollywood. Essentially, this scenario would have gone no better if we had, you know, The weekend, or perhaps some other type of artist out there that only particularly wants to practice dark imagery without even realizing it, or perhaps Sam Smith, Kelly Clarkson, or any other person known to man within the Hollywood scene. Matter of fact, we could have possibly just, you know, gotten a whole entire chorus together and filmed a music video that way, and it still might have been less offensive. Essentially what took place is they filmed the whole entire song and it was essentially a feministic attribute to Sabrina Carpenter where everyone loves her and it's, you know, she's the most attractive individual known to man and she just encompasses everything that Hollywood enjoys such as high rates of sexuality and short skirts and, you know, Catholic basilicas for some reason. And there's even a point within the film within the filming of the music video, where two men kill each other to try and gain her affection. And then as it said in another article, their coffins became part of the set, which was actually in the middle, get this, in the middle of the Catholic cathedral. So this is so insane, so insanely abhorrent and what and what should be insanely abhorrent towards Catholicism it's not at all the Catholic way it's not at all the Catholic understanding of to be considered holy and essentially from the history this should be very 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 insanely offensive to this particular Catholic Church and every Catholic Church out there due to the fact that this practice is not only associated with you know, the death imagery is not only associated with dark ages, witchcraft, and evil, but it's also associated with Santa Muerte practices, which, of course, that were taken up by the cartel. And, of course, just in a sense in the Middle Ages, Dark Ages, and up through the history within Mexico and ancient Spain when folk Catholicism was around and actually still continues to be around, is a complete attributed worship of death. Essentially, this is the whole entire worship of the music video. It's a worship of feminism, and it's a worship of violent attributions to, I guess, the new cult of feminists to enjoy Santa Marte death imagery. Since the resulting scandal ensued, the priest responsible for allowing Carpenter and her team to film inside her church has been relieved of administrative duties. Of course, this is not, this is not at all a surprise. We should be completely visual every single time that an individual from Hollywood tries to use any church at all, or when an outsider tries to use a church in their own way. Particularly, this is like if you were 
about to do a Catholic sermon. You're about to start a Catholic service. You're about to, say, do a Catholic choir, as an example. And then a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses that you know are not affiliated with your church walk up and ask if they can just use your church facility. Or perhaps maybe if, you know, a bunch of robed figures walk up that have, you know, demonic imagery all over them come up and they say, hey, can we use your chapel? We're just going to, you know, group in the corner. Or it's no different from if you just did not know who was coming up to you and they just asked to use your facility. It's as realistic as that. You have to, in every single solitary way, be able to open up your eyes right away and understand when people should not be using your facility or people should not be using any form of housing in their way religiously, as it would be different from yours. And this is what we're continuing to see in Catholicism. It, it should be no surprise that this is going to happen more and more and more and more. We should actually be standing up to this, of course. Obviously, I'm not as heavily affiliated with Catholicism in a way to be a priest or be a bishop or, you know, be higher up at the Vatican. But if I was in his shoes, I would not have let those people walk in. The millisecond that anyone had cameras and eyes on the church, you should be completely closed off right away. This is the difference between being closed off to the right thing and being closed off and the right way to the wrong thing. You're not to completely abandon everyone and push them out of the church, especially those who are in Hollywood, but if they're wanting to simply implicate your church in any practice whatsoever, similar to what the Grammys do and similar to all of these other late night shows and similar to all these other churches in Hollywood that go back and forth saying that if you pray to God, he'll give you a golden Lamborghini and a million dollars, you should 100% know that none of these things, none of these things go together. The millisecond you see cameras on your Catholic church, it should be closed off. It should be closed off and completely productive when it comes to tradition yet again. You can't allow Hollywood to infiltrate it. And quite honestly, th this is going to sound odd, but we have to have the persistence of, say, the, the protection to tradition as the Church of Scientology has to their protection of their tradition. Of course, not in a sense of you know, being completely unbiblical, using all these new signs and symbols, you know, on top of doing billions of dollars and transfers of, you know, illegal money and all the stuff probably linked to crime and probably linked to other things. We shouldn't incorporate that. But we should incorporate a form of holy secrecy. That is, if you actually come as you are, meaning if you walk through the doors and you know nothing about the holy faith, you walk into those doors, completely no strings attached, then that's when we minister to you. But if you walk into the church with any point of ill intention, 
that's when the church should have its level of secrecy, that is, its level of sanctity and spiritual protection. The Roman Catholic dossier Brooklyn has taken the situation very seriously, as of course they should. They, stare, they shared a statement with the Catholic News Agency that said the parish did not follow the dossier policy regarding the filming of church property, which includes the review of the scenes in the script. So even that, even that is stating that he might have not even looked at the script to begin with. And in a sense, of course, obviously not taking into any account that he had some sort of sexual activity in any way with anyone in Hollywood. Of course, that's not what I'm implying, but just to have a long-standing acknowledgement towards spiritual appropriation and spiritual appropriate behavior when it comes to you know facing full on all of these hardships and these sexual temptations this could easily be an example of where a bishop fell to the lure of a beautiful young girl to you know film something at the facility and again i'm not saying that he had some sort of illicit want but as other types of Christian literature and Christian narration, such as Pilgrim's Progress, have stated, it's extremely easy to get caught up in negative imagery. He got caught up in the imagery of popular opinion and being popular for the churches they would you know, film their music video, and he lost sight of what's truly holy. And as a result... We need to know what truly is holy. Well, I talk about Black Raffle Coffee a lot because Black Raffle Coffee is literally the best coffee to purchase, and I'll be talking about them yet again. You should be drinking Black Raffle Coffee due to the fact that 87% of the whole world, basically 100%, you might as well say, of the world drinks coffee with all of their different cultures, different people groups, different communities, and that's why you have to drink the best coffee that is around out there. Try the AK-47 Dark Roast, which I particularly enjoy, and all of the other flavors associated with black coffee that help to support our military. Go online today and purchase now. So as of yesterday on December 4th of this year, obviously, which, of course, is basically one of the other reasons, I guess, to hate Mondays. It says, By the Christian Post, young Brits open to banning the Bible over perceived hate speech. Nearly a quarter of young Brits would ban the Bible if they felt its pages contained hate speech, according to a poll. Last month, polling group Whitestone Insights asked 2,088, it's a weird number, 2,088 UK adults if they agreed with the following statement. Unless the offending parts can be edited out, quote, books contain what some perceive as hate speech should be banned from general sale, including, if necessary, religious texts such as the Bible, unquote. Young people aged 18 to 34 were the most likely to agree with the statement, 23%, followed by 35 to 54-year-olds, 17%, where over 55s, again a really odd number, were least likely to agree at 13%. This is both surprising and not surprising at the same time. It's it's generally 
easy to assume that the younger generation is going to be caught up in today's current politics, as basically everyone continues to see. But what's, what's very alarming is the 35 to 54-year-olds due to the fact that they are most likely the people that the younger generation, especially in the United Kingdom currently, as there's somewhat to a degree some instances of higher rates of crime in particular locations besides uh, where, where they were the past 10 or 20 years. There's a lot of higher crime rates around the areas. So they might have limited people to talk to you, and as a result, 35 to 54-year-olds, if they are that high on the percentage scale, it can be far more easy to manipulate the younger generation. Now, of course, when they say young Brits at the start here, it's, it's very obvious referring to that higher, uh, higher percentage of young people, but you should really assume that the majority of the Brits that are, quote-unquote, that are wanting to ban the Bible or perceived hate speech, hate speech are basically the youngest, the 18 to probably 20-year-olds. Because as it is very sad, the majority of people who actually perceive the whole Bible as hate speech, they probably did not have parents within the household or they did not have a good knowledge and understanding of relationships related to religion. And of course, that's where you get the continuous, unfortunate priority of separating religion from government, which of course has never made sense whatsoever. A lady by the name of Louis Makati of the Alliance Defending Freedom in the UK expressed concerns about the results in her appearance on CB News. She said the UK only needed to look at Finland to see the consequences of shutting down Christians, Foreign Minister of the Interior Pavi Rosani, I think that's his name, was last month acquitted of hate speech charges for the second time after four, a four-year legal battle. She was criminally charged after tweeting a Bible verse on marriage and sexuality. Now this is where the understanding of biblical and religious texts comes from. This is the importance of it. Because far too often, as I continue to say, everyone continues to want to have a better understanding of, say, yet again, Satanism or other types of cults, faiths related to cults or, you know, the darkest of the dark and the evilest of the evil versus what is actually biblically stated in the biblical related text. So, of course, noticing here they do not have primarily what she actually said. But that text, of course, obviously had to do with homosexuality and the quotes within the law. And essentially, the whole reason here is because people don't want the law anymore. They really don't. Politically, Democrats don't want the law. They want people to just break into stores all the time, take everything, set a couple of cop cars on fire, and then go home uh, to put it on TikTok and then play Wii Sports or whatever. And people want to just ignore every single law that is abiding for every single type of form of religiosity. Not only having a steady decline of Catholics now and Christians, but we're just having a steady decline of the law in general. And this should try to open up people's eyes to the end times and open up people's eyes to the reality that nihilism is false. The reality that you actually have to have 
the law installed under some form of higher deity in order to have the law in particular. Of course, this type of would-be British law within the region to say that the whole entire Bible is to be perceived as hate speech would basically just be, in a sense, throwing the biblical-based law out the window and then, of course, just ignoring the whole of the Bible. How exactly is it that we could have the whole biblical text related to his hate speech, though? How, how can we actually just refer to a whole document as hate speech? How can we refer to the whole Bible that way? Our, our, our founding fathers literally documented the Constitution trying to make it a basis for a biblical understanding. They tried to copy the law from the biblical concept of the Old Testament law, and they tried to trans transform it in a way to a deistic attribute so that people could actually follow it for our current culture. We based it off the Bible. And the Founding Fathers based it off the Bible. So technically, you'd have to refer to the law then as hate speech, which is what people are currently doing. It's, it's by far important to actually try to assemble law everywhere. People are currently throwing it off. They're throwing off every single form of religious clarification related to any law in general, and thus just having a nihilistic, you know, unified people group, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, here's a last thing to discuss, very, very important, and really I think this is something that people nowadays really don't understand when it comes to uh, marriage and actually keeping marriage centered. And this is probably within the top five uh, problems and issues to destroy a marriage. Uh, while the Christian Post as well, DeSantis Ranswami reveal how faith helped their families cope with grieving over miscarriages. Two presidential candidates are crediting their religious faith with helping their families cope in the aftermath of losing babies to miscarriages. Two presidential candidates discussed their experiences with miscarriages at the Family Leaders Thanksgiving Family Forum. That's a very, very long name. On November 17th, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, one of the three Republican presidential candidates who participated in that formal conversation hosted by the Iowa-based Christian Conservative Act, uh, Act Act for Seed group uh, recalled his initial difficulties conceiving a child with his wife, Cassie. He says, quote, we're married doing our thing. I was in the Navy. My wife was busy as a TV reporting. We wanted to have a family, and it didn't happen at first. And so I really think, and of course people might get a little bit, uh, get a little bit upset at this, at least the females who want to have babies right away. But I think there should, as a matter of fact, be a two to three year mark. Two to three year mark within uh, the marriage relationship when you're just simply enjoying each other's uh, enjoying each other's company and you're enjoying your relationship both sexually and relationally and you you're, of course, of one flesh. You're, in, you're enjoying each other in all ways. 
But then at the two to three year mark, that should specifically be exactly when, when you actually try. Because you're not only building a life together, but you're building a life together foundationally. And often that's what our younger generation continues to not do. Our younger generation continues to enjoy just living life at whim and doing anything and everything the millisecond that they have a chance to do it. And of course, I'm not saying that marrying young is a bad thing, but it's marrying young in an unprepared methodology that technically is a bad thing. And of course, people can people can say that, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but there might be a particular reason why, you know, three being the holy number of the Trinity, perhaps that might be another reason particularly to wait at least three years before having a child. Not so sure. But DeSantis says, we literally went to Shallow at uh, Shallow at Hannah's prayer, we went to Ruth's tomb and he brought Ruth uh, from Ruth 4.13. We prayed, we prayed a lot to have a family, and then lo and behold, we go back to the United States, and a little time later, we got pregnant. And unfortunately, we lost that first baby. DeSantis described losing his first child due to a miscarriage as a tough thing, quote-unquote. This is something we had so many hopes for and so many aspirations for. And really, truly... When it comes to aspirations and hopes, you have to place your hopes in only a godly way and ask, what is this hope to be used for when it's disconnected from humanity? When, a, when it, of course, serves humanity, but it's ultimately disconnected dis, uh, from humanity and it's only used by God. And generally, when you think about it, most things don't really seem to be used by God, but they seem to be mostly assembled in a humanly way, which is what leads to so many people towards atheism. And I truly think if you, if you have a healthy acknowledgement of what actually can be used by God and used towards the bettering of humanity, then it might actually be a good action to do. And of course, that's why everyone's attacking the family currently. They're attacking the standard biblical mindset of the family, the traditional mindset of the family. Every single individual is attacking what a family is. Because that obviously is how God moved in the biblical sense, which just makes people hate the Bible even more. Now looking... A little bit more at Fafik Raswami, another presidential candidate who appeared at the discussion also recounted his personal experience with miscarriage at the event. After highlighting how he and his wife had become writing a letter to their unborn child, Raswami described the tragedy that unfolded about three and a half months into the pregnancy. One day she woke up and then it discusses how she was rushed to the hospital and lost the child. So this too, this too is a is a reason that you have to have complete faith. Not discontinued faith, not 20% of faith, complete faith. And obviously this was not a good situation. And it can never be perceived necessarily from a human standpoint as a good situation. 
but it is a situation that allows you to gain your faith and understanding and thus of course note that the family is even more important it's even more important to know a biblical structured form of family and a religious at the very least structured form of family as a matter of fact if you disconnect family from faith then you don't have family anymore you honestly do you, you completely disconnect everything that makes family the way it is. You just have normal, hopefully normal relationships, or you have somewhat of disconnected following between each other. And you're s simply simultaneously people living in the world. It's not a true relationship to each other, and it's not a true relationship to people and God. This is something that we have to truly embark on, just as DeSantis and Ramaswamy did, where faith actually means family. And faith actually means continual acknowledgement of God. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure to look for my YouTube channel when I release it on January 10th, as well as my new show on January 10th. Bye now.